0: a ball game at PNC Park, Brian Reynolds comes up with guys on base and whacks one over the Clemente wall. And as he's rounding the bag and you're on your feet and you're cheering, the thought comes to your mind, oh no, he's going to be gone. Why don't they sign him to an extension? Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. You know that you do this. You do this every time Reynolds does something good. You do it every time Brian Hayes does something good. Everyone does it. Because we in Pittsburgh are conditioned to watching or at least we think we are conditioned to watching these players leave before their free agency years. The fact of the matter is, if you go back over the past decade, the Pirates have actually done pretty well in keeping younger players into free agency years. Andrew McCutcheon was in that category. He was traded into what would have been a free agency year. Starly Marte was another one, traded into a free agency year. Other contracts were done like that and didn't work out for very different reasons. Gregory Polanco because of his shoulder, Felipe Vasquez because he was a monster. There have been other deals that are in that bracket, but for the most part, those are the ones. When you're talking about the current guys, though, when you're talking about a Reynolds or a Hayes or even guys like O'Neill Cruz. O'Neill Cruz comes up and hits a home run on the final weekend of the season, and we're all like, sign him! Sign him now! Sign him now! Don't let him go away! Don't let him go away! Here's one fun thing that I enjoy doing this, like almost to an irrational level. Someone brings up Reynolds, and they say, You got to sign that guy. You can't let him go. You got to sign that guy. And I come back with how would you feel as a fan if Ben Charrington and the whole Pirates brass had a press conference and they announced the signing of Reynolds to a four year extension? That would keep him through his age 30 season. Good, fair, reasonable cost. Reynolds wins with guaranteed money. The Pirates win because they've got a terrific player through what undoubtedly will be his prime seasons. I mean, any statistical or historical analysis will support that. So everybody gets a W here. Very, very little risk from the team standpoint. Good gain for the team good gain for the player, four years. And every single time that individual will come back with, yeah, sure, that'd be great. Well, (laughs) those of you who know how baseball contracts work have probably been laughing through this whole little story because he's already here for four years. He's already here. Baseball system, if I condensed it down to about... 15 or 20 seconds, works like this. The moment you show up in the majors, that team holds your rights for six years. That's it. The first three years, they pay you whatever they want. The final three years are arbitration. With some exceptions, there can be a fourth year. Reynolds has four years remaining with the Pirates. All of them are arbitration years. He can't go anywhere. All the Pirates have to do He's reach agreement with the player on a number, and even if they don't, it goes to an arbitrator who decides unilaterally what that number is. That's it. He can't go anywhere. He's already the Pirates' property for the next four years. There hasn't been any grand announcement about that because there doesn't need to be one because it applies to every single player in the majors. Hayes? We talk about a Hayes extension as if it's vital to keeping him here. Hayes is the property of the Pirates for the next five years, half a decade. He also will be here until his age 30 season. So what we're really talking about here, when we have these types of discussions in public, mostly with casual fans, okay, is one, people not understanding how the system works, and two, just this general feel that if I like a player, that player should stay in my city and play for my team forever. Everyone should be like Roberto Clemente, who was with the Pirates from 1955 to 72. Or like Willie Stargell, who was with the Pirates from 1962 to 83. And you can just go on and on throughout history before there was free agency, before there was any kind of open market for the players. And you can celebrate that period all you want. You know who doesn't? The players, including, I should add, the players of that era who would have loved to have benefited from anything remotely resembling the free agency that exists today. Because Kurt Flood and the free agency thing didn't occur until the mid-70s, and it really still didn't even take effect until the 90s. Meaning when players really started to get bid on. You know who had the highest payroll in all of baseball in the early 90s? By the way, Pirates did. When they won those three straight divisions, it was the Pirates, Bonds, Bonilla, Vance, like, and those guys. And then if you go and look at their individual salaries, they were still really low. Baseball was very, very, very slow to change. In this regard, the owners had really, really, really clamped down. Now, of course, the pendulum has swung completely in the other direction. But it has swung, and it's not going to come back, even in the event of a salary cap system or something similar to a salary cap system, it's going to be very rare to see teams keep a player through their whole career, especially teams that don't have the type of revenue that, say, the Dodgers and the Yankees do. I'm looking really specifically here at the Reds and Joey Votto. The Reds just made up their minds forever ago, as did Votto, That this was a marriage that wasn't going to be broken. Joey Votto is just gonna be a Cincinnati Red for Life. That's how it is. But that's very much the exception. Much more the norm in this category is something along the lines of the Angels and Mike Trout, where the Angels they, they they stink every year. They don't invest in pitching, or at least when they do, they don't invest in good pitching. But they made a commitment to that player that was extraordinary, and he likes living there, likes the franchise and whatever else here, and he signed it. But they can afford it. The Angels have a massive, massive pool of revenue. Not what the Dodgers have, but it's a significant one. The Pirates are going to have to play a different game. When you're talking about Uh, Reynolds and Hayes, look, I'm in favor as well of extensions. But you have to understand that there's got to be a a risk involved and they're not going to be here for their entire careers. They're just not because the situation, the broader scenario around the sport has changed. My model for an extension for Reynolds and or Hayes is for the team to try to buy out the first year or even two a free agency, and to do so on club options. That's the pattern that was set by Kutch, by Marte, by the other guys I mentioned. And when you get to that point, then it becomes the team's option to say, hey, we're going to keep this player at $12 million a year or $14 million a year or whatever it is, or we don't think he's worth it anymore like what just happened with Polanco, and you pay a $3 million buyout, which is what the Pirates will pay in a check to Polanco early next spring. That's, that's feasible. That's doable. In that case, you take Reynolds and Hayes and you add a year or two of team control onto the four and five years that I've already mentioned. That's the kind of extension that I'd be pursuing and that from what I understand the Pirates are going to pursue certainly with Reynolds, possibly again with Hayes, that was broached last spring with Hayes, go nuts, do that, but don't lose your minds over it, meaning the Pirates. Because if you do, and you do something like what the Brewers did with Christian Jelic, God bless Jelic, love the guy, fellow Serb, the whole deal, okay? But he is killing the Brewers with the way he's hit the last two years. And they're really, really exasperated by it because they owe him a boatload of money over the next better portion of a decade. And you can't have a deal like that in this system with this revenue base in Pittsburgh. When we come back, just one question. Just One Question That's brought to you always on this program by our friends at North Shore Tavern, directly across Federal Street from PNC Park, home of Steak on a Stone, home of a great place to meet, especially if you want to meet your buddies who are into baseball, whether that's a lunch, a dinner, hanging around watching the playoff games at night. Heck, hang around and watch the hockey games and the football games. The TVs are very much... Uh, flexible when it comes to changing the channels. It's a sports place, first and foremost. Well, actually, it's a baseball place, first and foremost. So if you're the kind of person who, let's say, oh, for example, listens to a show called Daily Shot of Pirates, you might be into that sort of thing. Visit North Shore Tavern right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Or J1Q comes from Zach Kaufman, who asks, do players like O'Neill Cruz, Nick Gonzalez, Ruanze Contreras have a shot to be regulars on the big league roster next year? Not counting Rodolfo Castro, since he had more than a handful of plate appearances this year. I don't care too much about the overall record next year. I just want to watch the kids play. Zach, I hear so much If I just want to watch the kids play. And I feel the same way from a purely entertainment entertainment-based standpoint. In September, the games were more interesting to watch, to cover, and I'm sure to attend for people who were paying for tickets. When they saw Contreras make that one start, when they saw Cruz come up for that final weekend, hit one over the wall, I get this part of it. I really do always, always appreciate that sports are, at their core, an entertainment business. They just are. Sometimes the people in the business don't get that, but they are. And at the same time, my man, it just can't be a factor. It can't. You have to bring up players when they're ready, or you risk hurting them. And once you see that being at a certain level is hurting them, you gotta make some tough calls. You said don't worry about Rodolfo Castro, but I'm gonna actually isolate on him. Because Castro comes up, he makes news across the baseball world by homering in his first for his first five hits, including in New York of all places, where everyone will notice. And then he struggled. And then he really struggled. And that was when Charrington and Steve Sanders and John Baker and the whole staff had to make a decision, had to look at everything that's good for the kid and send him back. And when he went back, I know not a lot of people would have paid attention to this, but he started hitting like himself again. And he started performing with that swag that we got to see here briefly. You got to do it when the time is right. You can't do that, that one thing for entertainment purposes. You just can't. However much benefit you get from, I don't know, a week of good publicity in Pittsburgh or people actually talking about something other than Bob Nutting, you know, on the airwaves or social media or whatever, it's not worth, to say the least, to do something to stunt or damage the prospect. Now, your question that you asked, the original question, was very different than whether or not we want to, quote, just watch the kids play. Because Cruz and Contreras look like players who are ready for the majors. Now, Bradenton next spring might tell a different story. And for what it's worth, I get the vibe uh, from the inside, from the Pirates themselves, that Cruz and Contreras aren't automatics. They're not ticketed for Pittsburgh. They're going to have to show it. They want to see those guys report in optimal, shape, physically and mentally, to Bradenton and win jobs in Pittsburgh. Gonzalez is a different case. He's he's a lot younger. I mean, he hasn't played above high A ball. So, no, I would not be looking at Gonzalez. But the other guys that you mentioned here, Cruz, Contreras, and yes, Castro, absolutely must be given at least the opportunity, and a real opportunity, not in name only, in Bradenton to win jobs I appreciate the question I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates this is fun I I just gotta say that right now talking baseball when you know that there's almost nobody out there talking baseball is really really cool it feels like yelling in a cave or something